we're here today. So excited to be with you guys getting ready to worship. Why don't we all just stand and rise? God has been so good to us this week. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's sing of his, of his love and his glory. Amen.
God has done something good in your life, shout amen. Thank you, Lord. Hey, church, let's continue to give the Lord a shout of glory tonight for what he has done and what he is doing. Amen. Give him thanks tonight. Thank you, Lord, for you are doing great things. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in this place, Heavenly Father. Ah, yes. Church, we want to welcome you into this place, into his house. And church, tonight we are going to give him our worship and our thanks and our adoration and our praise tonight. Amen. Hey, church, he is worthy of it all. Can I get an amen for that tonight? Amen. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of it all. He is worthy of that name that we sing, Jesus. Amen. And tonight we're going to lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to sing that song. It says, you are worthy of your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hey, church, tonight as we come together, I invite you to be in this moment with him. Be in this moment with the Lord and nothing else. Connect with him. Be with him. Allow him to minister to your hearts and set aside all distraction. Amen? Be in this moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in this place with you, Lord. We lift up our praise to you, Lord, for you are worthy of it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, we sing it out. The rumors of the Son of Man Stories of a Savior, holiness in human hands, yes. treasure for the traitor.
house, Lord, into your house, in this space, Lord, with you, Lord, um, I admit, Lord, that uh, I'm not always at 100%. Matter of fact, Lord, I'm not ever at 100%. And when I fall short, Lord, uh, I thank our Father that you're there with me. 
I sing this song as my prayer to you, Lord, of repentance, Lord, and a time of refocus. As I just sang, Lord, that you are worthy, you're my ransom, you're you're my savior, you're my author, you're the perfecter of my faith. And so, uh, Lord, receive my worship tonight. Lord, is sweet, a sweet, sweet sound into your ears. Because you are worthy of it, Lord. My surrender is to you tonight, Lord. Will you join me, church? Be in this moment with our Father.
life. You're the firm foundation. You alone, Lord. Nothing else will do. Why don't we sing that together, church? into this moment, Lord. And we're so thankful for that, Jesus. That we not leave this place. And I'm not talking this physical place, Lord. This place with you, Lord, that we feel you ever so present right now. Because, Lord, truly we believe that nothing else will do, Lord. Because every time we call upon the name of Jesus, Lord, you're there. Every time, Lord. We call upon everything else, Lord. We call upon whatever vices we have, Lord, whatever friendships and relationships we have, Lord, that we call upon, Lord, to try to get us out of our funks. But, Lord, nothing else will ever do, Lord, like the name Jesus. You're the chain breaker. You're the redeemer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for setting us free. I want to sing that. Caught up in your presence. And I just want to sit here at your feet. Caught up in this holy moment. I never want to Lord, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't hold me anything. More than anything that you can do, I just want you. Just want you, oh, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you, oh, 
Church, good evening, good evening. We want to welcome you once again into this worship service tonight at New Beginnings. Uh, my name is Michael Romero. I am your worship pastor here at New Beginnings. And with me on stage is Roxy de Santiago. And I also have the honor and privilege of being one of your worship leaders here tonight. Thank you so much for inviting me up. Amen. Hey, church, um, before we, we turn over the platform to Pastor Richard, we just kind of want to, I know we went just a little bit long on, on worship, but man. Uh, the Lord was just moving in a mighty, mighty way tonight. I didn't want to leave that. Um, but uh, I think, but uh, forgive me, uh, timekeepers. <laughs> oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> but hey, church, uh, just a few things I want to catch you up on. Um, we have been inundated, inundated with a ton, a ton of phone calls, walk-ins, emails, smoke signals, Western Union telegrams. Uh, faxes. Un- yes. Faxes. Faxes. Yes. Do, that still exists. I, I received a um, smoke signal before I received a fax, ah. to be honest with you. Um, but before that, for more tickets to the 40 years of ministry celebration for Pastor Richard and Sister Cindy. And I, want, I do want to let you know that we are maxed out. And so if you did not get your tickets, I'm sorry to tell you that um, we are at full capacity. And so we do celebrate that, yeah. <laughs> we celebrate it, uh, but not everybody is celebrating it. We'll let you know. Um, those that aren't here tonight are not celebrating. <laughs> but we have been, I just want to let you guys know what's going on there. So just so you know, if you call up for an office and you get some bad news, that's what's going on. All right. So, church, uh, one other thing that a couple other things we want to talk about is Sunday the 30th. Roxy, what's going on Sunday the 30th? This is awesome stuff. Sunday the 30th is registration for Baptism Sunday. Amen. Baptism is the outward expression. Amen. Give him praise for Baptism Sunday. That's right. It's an awesome time. It's your outward expression of your inward faith and declaration that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's also biblical mandate so you know also that 
Um, but um, we encourage you to pre-register so we know how many people are going to be here. We can prepare for you. And I encourage you all to, if you have not already been baptized, please do consider it. Very important step in your walk of faith. Very, very important. So please register. You can do that always, nbcabq.com forward slash events. And then on our app, under the events and registrations tab, you'll be able to uh, sign up there. And, of course, always at the help uh, at our help uh, desk table out there with Sister Tressa and Sister Liz. They will always want to help you. And then, of course, we have our annual Trunk or Treat coming up on the 29th. How many Woo-hoo! of you guys are ready for that? And we have, again, another thing we are completely sold out or really at capacity for the cars. Wow. So... If you have a car, please get with uh, Sister Jessica Ramirez, our children's minister, for that. Um, and again, we are still needing candy. And if uh, one thing that we have been asked about is if you're providing your own candy. Mm, yes and no. Let me explain that one. <laughs> yes and no. Yes, because. Yes, because we need your donations. No, because. Because. You're not going to keep them in your car. You, we're going to give them out to everybody else. It's a share and share alike. <laughs> so if you're, if you're planning on bringing your own candy, um, we'd appreciate it if you give it to us. And then we can distribute that to the rest of the cars because we have 40 plus cars that are registered that are going to be uh, decorated that night. Yeah. And so give us that candy. Um, and then we can distribute that to the rest of the cars. We'd greatly appreciate that. And if you wanted to make a donation, we're still accepting donations of bagged candy. Or you can just make a cash donation or, or just let us know that you want to give us the candy or however you guys would. Just let us know because we desperately need candy. Amen? But we encourage you all to come out. Um, if your car is already registered, I'm looking forward to those decorations. Dress up, have fun, bring your kids, bring the kids from the neighborhood because it's just an awesome time. Um, together as the family of God. Hey, man. Hey, women of God, where are you at? I see a lot of you in the room. Women of God. La mujeres. <laughs> women of God, I want to encourage you on November the 5th. Okay, November the 5th, Sisterhood has their monthly meeting. Sister Roxy, tell us a little bit more about what the women so are doing. So sisterhood. sisterhood is just, it's an awesome uh, Saturday morning time. You know, the, the men have their breakfast <clears throat> We have a breakfast too, but I assure you that there's a lot more um, tasty things it's in our breakfast. It's not as messy. It's not as messy. Easier to clean up. That's probably true because we eat everything that gets brought in, so there's not anything left <laughs> at the end. No, but really, um, it's a time for us as women to just share the love of God with one another. There are struggles that we go through that men just don't quite get, and sometimes we just need to hear the voice of God through another woman that has lived through the experience that we are living through. And it's just an awesome time of building each other up. We have a lot of fun, a lot of good food. I encourage you all to come up. And, and there's always awesome speakers that, that are um, women from this church That's right. whose testimony and witness will blow you away. And I encourage you to come and meet and those women as well. In the month of November, November the 5th, our, our very own, like Sister Roxy was telling us, our, some of our own speakers are always at, at the platform there. It will be our sister, Frances Otero. So she will be there giving you that encouraging word. Sister Frances is always on fire. She's always bringing it hardcore, man. And so we love our Sister Frances, and I can't wait. Well, I won't be there, but I can't wait to hear what's going to happen. He just wants happen. the food. He just wants all the good you food that we're going to have All the there, baking. Right? Well, I ain't even lying. All right. But hey, church, um, and of course, we want to remind you that without your faithful tithe and your faithful giving, we couldn't do all of this, and it wouldn't be possible. So 
we encourage you that if you're not participating in your tithe and your giving, we encourage you to do so um, to keep uh, doing what we're doing out in the streets of Albuquerque and way beyond the state, the country, the world of what we're doing. You are making an impact in the streets of Albuquerque and around the world, literally around the world, what we're doing for human trafficking, what we're doing um, for homeless people, what we're doing for the homeless problem here, what we're doing with just in Juarez. Yes, thank you, my sister. In Juarez, what we're, the, the dire need that they need right now in Juarez, Mexico, we are making a big big impact and for that we say thank you and if you want to participate and you haven't done so yet we invite you to do that and the ways to give are on the screen behind me you can do it via text or on the screen at home if you're watching uh, on our live stream you can do it via text or through our app or on our, our online all fast safe and secure or you can do it at one of the giving stations here inside the sanctuary amen and with that we turn it over to our senior pastor pastor richard will you please welcome him to the pulpit up to me tonight with a big bag of candy and they go pastor I got some candy for trunk or treat so even the young people are getting involved in that we want to say praise the Lord we want to dismiss the young people to their class right now so youth you're dismissed with David your leader and uh, you guys have a great time in the word tonight I uh, want to thank God for people that spoil me I feel so spoiled. I think I told you all this, but I was with a group of pastors about a month ago. I was with about 50 pastors, and I was really trying to encourage them because after the pandemic, some churches even closed, and pastors have been really beat up and just really disillusioned, a lot of them anyway. And I was trying to encourage them and say, guys, Understand how much God loves you. I go, God wants you to know God loves you. And they went, yeah. And I go, no, listen to me. God loves you. And they go, yeah. And I go, turn to each other and say, God loves you. And they said, God loves you. And I go, but he loves me most. (laughs) And And then I told them, look, that's not true, but that's how I feel. Haven't you ever felt like that, so spoiled by God? You just feel like, God, I don't deserve this, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Pastor Chuck came up to me, and he goes, I know you like the Dallas Cowboys, and he goes, I'm sorry about that, but he gave me this awesome shirt for my birthday, and I thought, wow. And then I'm having a lot of trouble with my hip, and, and uh, Pastor Chris Cleveland showed up today with a walker, and I'm like, how cool is that? So it's a walker with wheels, so I can, like, Man, walk without pain. It's like really awesome. And then as I was getting here, they took the walker out there, and this lady was leaving the church, and she goes, is that yours? And I go, yeah, it is now. Somebody just brought it to me. She goes, I don't want to be offended, offend you, Pastor. It's a nice walker. But I have a brand, brand spanking new one with a wrapper on it and everything. I go, well, that's very nice. She goes, no, I want to give it to you. I go, no, I have this one. So they gave me a brand spanky new one with wrapper on it, Chris. So I'm like, and Chris, and Pastor Chris even said, he goes, I'm going to believe for a better one. And so it, it, it happened, brother. So I'm like, wow. And 
It even has brakes on it. And I said, I wonder what the brakes are for. It's probably when you're going downhill. Oh! <laughs> All of you with walkers, I understand, man. <laughs> this hip thing is really like, man. But um, guys, uh, we've been doing this study called In Quest of Happiness. And we've been looking at the Beatitudes in the chapter 5 of Matthew where Jesus is preaching. And he says in chapter 5, verse 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. They will see God. Happy are those who are pure in heart. Blessed are the pure of heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to grab a hold of that and understand what it means to have a heart that is pure. I pray in Christ's name, amen. You know, Americans today are really wanting more and more uh, pure things. They, they want drink. I was looking at this water. This is called smart water. Obviously, the water's smart because I haven't gotten any smarter drinking it. But, but on here it says, purity you can trust. And when I thought about that, I said, Americans are looking for pure water. They're looking for better water. They're focusing on purity. They're looking at pure air to to really clean the air and the environment in their household. And there's a company that'll even go into your house and for $3,000, they'll clean the molecules out of there. But for $15,000, they'll analyze it and take all the stink out of your house. And I thought, man, for... $10, I'll just remove the dog and you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, people are so into, we want to be pure, but God is saying, I want you to have a pure heart. I want you to have a heart that's pure. So what exactly does pure in heart really mean? Well, it it means, that word pure literally means unmixed motives. So it's saying he wants you to have a heart that has set motives. They're not all mixed up. You're not confused. You're not, that you're a really person of integrity. You're a person that's living it out. You're not one of these that, that, well, you say one thing and you do another and you do another and then you say this and you say that, that you truly are a person where your motives are true, true and that, that, that you really are living out what you say. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, the whole chapter 6, it talks about how to develop that pure heart. And we're going to look at that. And he says in verse 1, he says, watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly. He says, don't do them publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. He's saying, don't you get it? It's not about showmanship. A pure heart isn't trying to show off in front of others and look at me, 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 look at me. But it's really saying, I got to live this out. I need to do it right. In other words, be careful not to parade your life and your good deeds in front of everybody and say, look what I've done, look what I've done, look what I've done. But instead, Lord, look what you've done through me. And thank you, Lord, for being so faithful and watching out for me and using me as your vessel. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to go through a lot of verses through that. And, and I really want to talk about what you need to do to develop a pure heart, to really get there. 
And so to develop a pure heart, the first thing you have to do, you've got to remember that God sees everything. Everything. It's like the guy that was going to steal, and he's, he's got his son with him, and he goes, hey, look to the right. Anyone coming? The son goes, no. And he goes, I'll look to the left. No one coming. And, and the son goes, dad, did you look up? Because God's watching. It's like we have to really understand that. This, this, the key phrase here in chapter 6 is that your father sees everything that's done in secret. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I kind of worry like, God sees everything in secret because as righteous as I want to live and as pure-hearted as I want to live, sometimes I step out of line. And all of a sudden, I'm doing something that I go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. What's wrong with me? Because the devil told me, go ahead, Richard, go ahead. Nobody knows anyway. No one's going to find out. But somebody already knows the Lord. He's watching. He knows our heart. And we have to understand that. And if you can understand that, it'll keep you in line. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 4. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. He's talking about how you give, how you give, not to show off, but to really do it in a way that's private, in a way that you don't show showboat. And you go, look what I've given, look what I give. Hello, everybody, I'm going to give $100. I'm putting $200 in the offering. I'm putting $500 in the offering. It's like, guess what? You'll get a reward that only lasts for a few minutes or a few seconds. But God's rewards last for all of eternity. He's saying, don't show off. In verse 6 of that same passage, he says, but when you pray, go away by yourself. He goes, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. He's saying, even when you pray, because back then the Pharisees were really showing off. They would go in front of everybody and they would ring these little bells that they had and they go, oh, father. And they would pray real loud. Have you ever been around somebody that prays real loud? Like if God's deaf, have you ever been at a restaurant? I'll never forget, I was at a restaurant one time, and we were on the complete opposite side, and this dude stood up, and he's there, Heavenly Father, in the name of... It's like, dude, man, people are trying to eat. They bless their food, you bless your food. Don't bless the whole restaurant. And you know what? God's not deaf. You don't have to scream. But he was trying to show off. At least that's the way it came to everyone at my table. They go, man, look at that guy trying to show off that he prays for his food. God says, you know what? You receive a little temporary reward, but if you pray in private, meaning you pray, 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 and you open up your heart to God, he rewards you. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, it says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. He's saying, don't you get it? I see everything. I see you as naked. In other words, he's got x-ray vision. He can see through anything and everything. And he's not like Superman that lead would stop him from seeing through. He wasn't like Superman that kryptonite could cripple him. God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and he can do these things. And God doesn't want us to be fake. And we can't fake God out. God already knows what's up. Amen? Have you ever tried to fake your mom and dad out? 
And when you were a kid, and you're there telling these stories, and your parents are going, uh-huh, uh-huh, like if your parents are complete idiots. They did everything you did. They already know. They're not being faked out, and God's not being faked out. He wants us to remember that he sees everything. Second thing he wants us to remember is to examine our motives. He wants us to remember to examine our motives. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I doing this? Am I doing it for the right reason? Am I doing it with the right purpose? Am I doing it with the right motive? Examine your motives. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 24, verse 21, he says right there, God knows and judges your motives. He keeps watch over you. He knows knows and he rewards you according to what you do. Man, it's important that we understand that. It's important that we know that. So it's important that we do that with our giving. We were talking about giving right now. We need to give with a pure heart. We don't need to read the scripture right now, but write it down in Matthew chapter 6, verse 2 to 4. He says, when you give, don't be like the hypocrites blowing trumpets in the synagogues. See, they used to go in there and go, I'm going to give. And they would pass an offering plate and they would jingle and look at all the money I'm going to give. I give a lot more than these idiots over here. Man, it was like, golly. They would really talk down at people, and they would really puff themselves up. And God's saying, don't do that. Also in praying, in praying, look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 15. Read that later, but he says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone could see them. Because again, they would pray in a manner like, thank God I'm not a sinner like this guy. Can you imagine that? Wouldn't that be so discouraging if you came to church and all of a sudden you come up for prayer and someone goes, God, help this person. They're messed up. Thank God they're not like me. It's like, wow. I don't think I'd want that person praying for me. I want someone that's praying from their heart saying, God, help this person because they need you just like I do. They want you just like I do. And they're in need just like I am. We, we pray in a manner that we open up our hearts and we open up our lives and we come clean before the Lord. And then he also talked about fasting. There in chapter 6, verse 16 through 18, he says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable. <laughs> they used to put sackcloth and ashes and they would throw ashes on them and people would know, oh, look, they're fasting. The Bible says if you're fasting, just be quiet about it. And if someone says, hey, do you want to join me for lunch? You know what? I'd love to, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not even hungry right now. Just drink some water or drink whatever you're going to drink. Some people fast a complete fast. They don't have anything but just water. Some fast food, but they, but they, but no, that doesn't mean they eat fast food. They, (laughs) they fast from their food, but they still have drink. So they'll have coffee or tea or whatever. And some people will fast, but they'll say, all I'm going to have is a half a peanut butter sandwich and just some protein. And I'm going to eat the things like in the book of Daniel that Daniel was eating and 
And so you fast, but you don't make a big old skeptical of yourself and, and go, look at me, I'm fasting. Oh, look at me. Oh, 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 these people around me that don't know how to fast. Oh, maybe someday they'll be holy like me. Oh, man, I don't want to be holy like you. You see what I'm saying? Because all of us have met somebody like that at one time or another. I call it this elite spirit. They think they're better than everyone else. Someday you'll be like me. Someday you'll speak in tongues like me. Someday you'll give like me. Someday you'll fast like me. Someday you'll pray like me. Someday, 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 someday. Oh, my gosh. Get saved. Get the Holy Spirit and repent because you're full of yourself. And you're so full of yourself, there's no room for God. Man, you got to empty yourself. You got to break yourself before the Lord. You got to say, God, I, I, I don't want to do this. You remember the woman that had the, the jar of very expensive oil, I mean, of perfume? And she came before the Lord. And what did she do? She broke the jar. That was her identity. She was a prostitute, and that was very expensive perfume, and that was what she was all about. It was the most expensive perfume. That jar was nine months' wage. Can you imagine your perfume? I don't know what you make in a month, but nine times that, that's how much that jar of perfume cost, and she broke it and poured it out. See, she was emptying herself of her identity, and she was filling herself with God's identity. And that's what we need to do. In the book of Thessalonians chapter 1, I mean chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4, it says, For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our heart. I've said it before, but... God can't even make everyone happy. Look, I am, you all know I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan. So on Sunday I said, Lord, it'd be awesome if the Cowboys won. Guess what? They didn't. So I was kind of bummed out, like, ooh, Kawite, what a drag. I didn't get mad at God. The Eagle fans were going, oh, God, let us win, and they did. Does that mean God answered their prayer over my prayer? No, it's football. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we're praying about stuff that's ridiculous. We need to cry out to God on the things that are real and get real about that and really remember, to really remember that we need to examine our motives. And then we need to remember to realign our priorities, to realign our priorities. What are your priorities? What is it that you are doing, and why do you do what you do? Because you need to really examine that, because sometimes we get out of line. Amen? I don't know if you know what it means for a car to get out of alignment, but let's say if you hit a lot of potholes and stuff, before you know it, if you let go of the steering wheel and it goes to the right or to the left, your car is out of alignment. And you need to take it to get realigned because they realign it so it goes where it's supposed to go, not where it's drifting off to. Amen? Amen. That'll preach, baby. Because some of us are so out of alignment, we're getting off course where we're supposed to be. And God is going, let me realign your life. We need to look at our activities. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. 
He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. So he's saying, let's look at our activities. Are we heavenly minded or are we earthly minded? Are we doing things because we truly want to please God or are we trying to please ourselves? If you really want to see where your priorities are, take a look at your bank account. Because your bank account is going to show you who is the most important person in your life. And if, you're, if God is an important person in your life, you're going to show it in your bank account because you're going to tithe to the Lord. You're going to give to people in need. But if God isn't any part of your life, you know what? You won't see any tithing on there. You don't give nothing to the Lord. You go, oh, all they want is money, money, money. We don't preach money, money, money here. But you know what? It takes money to do ministry. We feed people. Matter of fact, this Friday, I need you to volunteer to help us in our food distribution because we're going to distribute about 15,000 pounds of food. And Pastor Chuck's going to distribute about 10,000 pounds of food, and he needs a bunch of volunteers this Friday. And it starts about 10 in the morning. But we don't just get that food out of the sky. And then we, it's like, guess what? We have lights here. P&M doesn't say, oh, you're a church. God bless you. They say, you're a church. We don't care. Pay your bill. The water bill, the light bill, the gas bill, the phone bill. And they're a lot more than your bills. I guarantee you. See, it takes money to do ministry. We support a bunch of ministries. We, we help God's warehouse, we help under his construction, we help frontline resurrection, we help uh, the, the Navigators Kids Club, we help missionaries all around the world, we help ministries that are impacting the lost and dying world with the love of Jesus Christ, and we do that because we are able to give, but see, when you look at your activities and the things that are consuming your time, I'm telling you, if the Lord is in in first place, He's a jealous God. He's a very jealous God. Some of us are, are, are finding our security in ourselves. You have your security in your 401k. How's that going with the economy today? People are losing all kinds of money in their 401k. Some people have their security. And, and it's like, you, you remember in Peanuts, Linus? He walked around with that blanket. What's your blanket? Is it your family? Is it your home? Oh, look at the car I have. Look at the house I have. Look at the job I have. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at. Let me tell you something. God is a jealous God, and if you're holding on to that blanket over him, he will remove that blanket, and sometimes he has to yank it away, and it's not very comfortable when he does that. God wants us to take a look at our activities and see if we are truly in line with what he wants us to be. Second thing we really need to do, if we're going to align our priorities, is we need to look at our anxieties. What are the things that stress you out? What are the things that worry you? What are the things that seem to grab you and, and you just kind of mull over, 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 over? Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. He says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? 
He's saying, man, in verse 24, he's talking about finances. In verse 25, he's talking about food. In verse 27, he's talking about fitness. In verse 28, he's talking about fa uh, fashion, your clothing. And in verse 34, he's talking about the future. He said, I don't want you to stress out with all these things. I want you to trust in me. Put your hope in me. Really align yourself. Don't, you need to look at your anxiety because if you are stressing out for stuff you shouldn't, that means God isn't in the right place and you need to realign your priorities. You really need to do that. And another thing we need to do is look at our ambitions. What is it that drives you? What is it that you're wanting? What is it that you're seeking? In verse 31 through 33, he says, don't worry about these things saying, what will I eat and what will I drink and what will I wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. He's saying, seek ye first the kingdom. But instead, we're all stressed out. Because sometimes our ambitions are, we want more, we want more. We're, we're no different than a sinner. We're no different than the world. Always wanting to accumulate more and more and more. And with all these stimulus checks they gave out during the pandemic, people were buying stuff they had no business buying and they couldn't even afford. And now that the checks aren't coming in, they're going, man, I'm going to have to turn in that car I got. Yeah, I gotta get rid of the boat, I gotta get rid of the jet skis. Yeah, I gotta get rid, I gotta get rid, I gotta get rid. Because your ambition, your greed took over. And you now don't know what to do. See, having a pure heart is is totally changing your direction. It's totally changing your heart. Pure in heart literally means one that you're continually conscious of God's presence. When you have a pure heart, you know that God's there. He hasn't abandoned you. The more mature you get, the more you know that your God will never fail you and he will never leave you and he'll never leave you stranded out there. Our God loves us. He cares about us. He's watching out for us. He's protecting us. He's shielding us. He's providing for us. He cares about us and he's there. And when you get deeper in the word and more mature in the Lord, you realize that and you're not all stressed out. And you go, man, I'm a little nervous. Lord, I'm nervous, and I shouldn't be because I know you're here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm remembering that you're always here for me, that you never leave me. You're always there. I'm conscious of your presence. I know that you're here. Even when I don't feel you, I know you're there. Because there's times you feel, I don't know about you, during this worship we had today, man, I, I just felt God all over the place. But there's sometimes I don't feel God. Is there ever times you don't feel God? And you're kind of going, God, you really God? Just give me some kind of sign. And he goes, go look in the mirror because you're a walking miracle because you're supposed to be dead. But see, we forget what he's done. We forget how he transformed us. We forget how he released us from the bondage of sin and of destruction. We forget that he's made us treasures out of darkness. We forget all those things. We forget how we fell short of the glory of God. Man, we need to remember those things. We need to remember. Another thing we need to do is, if you really want a pure heart and have a pure heart, a pure heart 
a, a person that is pure in heart is a person who's content with God's praise. They don't live for the praise of man. There's some of us that live for the praise of man. We want that reward. We want that pat on the back. And some people are like, well, aren't you going to say anything? Look what I did. I mean, I've, I've gone to some churches before that the pews had little nameplates. And not to honor people that had died, but to honor people that were still there because they gave enough money to have their own pew. And I thought, wow, I guess they're like sitting in their own pew. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean it like that, kind of, sort of, but yeah. Because you know what? When you're so full of yourself, you don't smell very good. And you need to really get a life. And you need to examine your heart. Because the reward he's talking about isn't a quick pat on the back. He's talking about a reward that's up in heaven that moth nor thieves nor rust cannot touch. And I don't know about you, man. I can't wait to get there. I'm I'm saying, God, I I really want to do this as unto you. The Bible says in Corinthians that the things at judgment were all going to be thrown into the fire. And the things that aren't, weren't done in the right attitude, they're going to be burned up. Because it's all about you. And the things you really did for the Lord are going to come out even brighter and shinier. It's going to be like purified gold and purified silver. And you're going to be standing there and God's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Or he's going to say, get away from me, I don't even know you. Oh, Lord, that we would never hear those words that we would live for the praise of God and not the praise of man. Man will praise you one day. One day you're a hero. The next day you're a zero. Hasn't that ever happened? You're the greatest. Oh, Pastor Richard, you're the greatest. I hate your guts. <laughs> oh, Pastor's been so good to me. He didn't, wasn't good to me. Like, man, people could turn on you that quick. Amen? But do it for the praise of God. That God says, hey, well, well done. They didn't notice, but I saw it. I saw your motive. I saw your heart. I know why you did it. I didn't get up here and say thanks to Pastor Chuck to say, look what he did, or Pastor Chris, look what he did. No, I'm grateful for what they did for me. But you know what? If I didn't say thanks, they knew I, I said because I said it privately. But I wanted everyone to know, you know what? Their heart is to serve. They have servant's heart. And you know what? When you have a servant's heart, it's, it's time we acknowledge that. Give credit where credit is due. See, another thing, amen. Yeah, give it up. Give it up for them. And Pastor Chuck and Pastor Chris, soak in those applause right now because tomorrow they might be daggers in the back. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just the way it is. <laughs> and it might not even be tomorrow. It might just be later tonight. <laughs> Man, I'm serious. It's that crazy. Barabbas or Jesus? We want the traitor. We want the murderer. We want the scum. We want Barabbas. Man, what's up with that? I just thank God people like that are not here. Thank you, Jesus. A third way to really see a pure heart, a pure heart, a a, a pure in heart person is controlled by God's priorities. You're doing it for the Lord. You're doing it as unto the Lord. 
You're doing it to really do things for his glory. And you know what? When you do things for God's glory, you know what the result is? (laughs) First, happiness is a result. You're just happy. You're just like, man, Lord, you are so good. That's why I love Psalm 124, verse 1. If it hadn't been for the Lord who was on my side. Man, if it wasn't for God, I couldn't have done it. If it wasn't of God, I couldn't have been here. If it wasn't for God, I couldn't have been able to do these things. If it wasn't for God, you and I couldn't be able to do the things we do. It's all because God is here taking care of us. You're happy. Not only are you happy, but it says we'll see God. I don't know about you. I can't wait to see God. There's going to be a day where we won't have to turn our face. Right now, the Bible says if we were to see God, we'd fall over dead. But there's going to be a day where we can see him face to face. And we're going to look at him and just say, Oh, I love you, God. I love you. I love you. And he's going to go, Come here, son. Hop up on my lap. And he's going to just hold us. And I, he's going to hold me for at least 100 years. But don't worry. You'll have time. We're there for eternity. We're going to see God. We're going to have a pure heart. We're going to do this right. And having that pure heart is like King David. He, he, he committed adultery. Then he lied about it. So when he commits adultery, then he lies, and then he calls in the husband of the woman he slept with, and he has him say, hey, go sleep with your wife, because she was pregnant. That way, everyone will think, well, he came in off the field, and he slept with his wife. That's why she's pregnant. But he said, I'm not going to sleep with my wife. The other troops are out there sleeping under tents and on the ground. I'm gonna, so he slept outside of his house, and the whole village saw that he never went inside the house. So, man, now David is all freaking out, like, how am I going to get rid of him now? So he sends a note to the general with that very guy. He's a delivery boy for his own assassination plan. Can you imagine that? Some of you don't have to imagine that. You know what it's like to be betrayed. You've been betrayed before. But he took it, and the captain looked at it, and he said, wow, we're supposed to say, charge! But when we say charge, he's going to be the only one that marches forward and all of us are going to retreat. And he was killed. And he died a valiant soldier, but everyone knew that David murdered him. And so David now had to deal with the guilt. And finally in Psalm 51, David confesses his sin. And in verse 10, he says, create in me a new and clean heart. Create in me a new and clean heart, O God, filled with clean thoughts and right desires. God, please make me whole, make me pure. So guess what? The Bible says that Jesus' name is the great physician. And all of a sudden, Jesus will put you on the table And he'll carve out that old heart of stone. And he'll put in a new heart of flesh that feels and has compassion and has convictions and is pierced 
by the Holy Spirit to convict you of your sin and to make you right standing with God. And he puts that new heart in you, a pure and pure and just righteous heart, a heart of integrity, a heart of compassion, a heart of love, a heart of grace. And he gives you a brand new heart because Dr. Jesus is great at heart transplants. And there's some of us tonight that need a heart transplant. Because you've been carrying bitterness from your life. You've been carrying unforgiveness from your life. You've been carrying stuff in your heart that you really have held on to so long that now it's got a hold of you. And you can't seem to get beyond your past. You can't seem to get beyond your hurt. You can't seem to get beyond the brokenness of your life. That's all you ever talk about. That's all you ever share. And let me tell you something. When God does surgery, you have a scar to remind you of what he's done for you. But a scar is evidence of a wound that now healed. So some of you still have an open wound because you haven't surrendered it to God. And some of you have scars that people look at and they go, man, is it true that you were this broken? Yeah, <laughs> if you only knew. Tell me about it. And then they share their story, and you're blown away by it because you can't believe that the people you love and trust and put your trust in and are following have been so messed up in their life, and they got it so together now. And you go, how on earth is that happening? And it's all because of God. All because of God. And tonight, God is saying, I want to give you a pure heart. I want to purify your heart. I want to cleanse your heart. I want to redeem your life. Some of you have never surrendered to God. And you've heard me invite over and over and over. And inside you're going, man, I really want to say yes, but I don't want to give this up and I don't want to give that up. Look, just give up your life. Just say, you know what, Lord? I don't even know what exactly it means. All I know is I'm going to pray to trust you and God will do the rest. He's going to bless you with things you never knew you could have and he's going to remove things you forgot you had. He has a way of impacting you. So if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus and you've never accepted him as your Savior and your Lord and you want to do that tonight, raise your hand and say, you know what, that's me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? Anyone else? Because God wants to do a work for you. So if you raise your hand, stand with me so we can pray for you. And we're going to want, I want you to pray with us. Would you pray with me, church? Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I realize that I want a pure heart. Forgive me of my sins, of the things I've done in secret and the things I've done in public transform my life and make me new. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord, sister. Come on up so I can give you a high five. Man, I'm so happy for you. Oh my gosh. This is an exciting, exciting day for you. Oh my goodness. You know why everyone's cheering? Because we remember when we gave our life to Jesus. Praise God. Look, Pastor Chris has a Bible for you and some stuff we want to give you to help you grow in the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.
Praise the Lord. Now look, some of you are in that place where you know you've been half-stepping. You've been doing things. Praise God. Amen, ladies. Man, we're so excited for you. So excited for you. God is wanting to do something, and he's trying to tell you, listen, I have purity for you. And some of us don't think we can have that because we have a wrong image of purity. He's not saying I'm going to make you perfect. He says I'm going to turn you away from the things that are keeping you from God. So if that's you and you just need prayer to get stronger, maybe there's something that you've been holding on to and God's telling you tonight, I really want you to release that. I really want you to let go of that. Tonight's your night to do that. If you just need prayer, you might need prayer for health issues or marriage or children or work or whatever. But I invite you to come up. So would you stand with us and make your way up for prayer? We still have time. Just say, God, I need more of you. Less of me and more of you. I love that song that we've been singing. Sing it out to the glory of God. Surrender fully to God. And there's people that are going to come up and pray with you. So make sure that prayer team, you guys come up and just minister and help them and seek God. Caught up in your presence. Sing this out as a prayer. Say, I just want to sing. I just want to sing at your feet. Caught up in this home. Just say, I never want to leave. Never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessing. Lord, you don't owe me anything. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. More than anything that you can do. Oh, I just want you, Lord. Sing it out and pour your heart out. And I'm sorry. When I've just gone through the motions, I'm sorry. When I've just sang another song, take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Oh, just tell him how sorry you are for the things that you made it. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. Now look, truly open up your heart to him right now. And say, God, this is what's inside. Examine my heart. And show me what's inside. Because I deceive myself a lot of times. The Bible says that the heart is very deceived. Satan deceives our heart. And tonight he wants to purify your heart. To get you right standing before the Lord so you're not faking yourself out and you're not living a fake life in front of others. 
So God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for how you're doing it. Thank you for what you're going to continue to do. God, I pray for myself first. I pray that every person prays for themselves right now. The whole Psalm 51 is about praying for himself. He didn't pray for others. He prayed for himself. There's nothing wrong with praying for ourselves. So right now we pray for ourselves. And we say, God, we truly want to be in your presence. Forgive us of our sin. Forgive us because we've fallen short of that mark. And now, Father God, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for the person to my right, to my left, in front of me or behind me, that God, you would free them to be real with you, to not live a fake life, to not live this facade, but truly be open and honest and say, here's my heart, transform it and make it like you. We thank you, Lord. And we pray in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people said, amen. Church, greet somebody on the way out and encourage them and tell them God loves you and wants to minister you very powerfully. What's up, my brother?